Hello, and welcome to this edition of the CoreCast. I'm your host, Chris Harris. I'm a certified Pilates instructor and personal trainer with over 17 years of experience in the fitness industry. In today's episode, Pilates 101, we're going to cover some of the history of Pilates and learn more about Joseph Pilates, the man who developed the method, originally referred to as Contrology. It encompasses his three ideals of breath, whole body health, and whole body commitment. We're going to review some of the principles that have developed through the teaching of Pilates and how they work together to benefit the body and mind through movement. I'm going to go over a few of the common myths that I often hear about Pilates and kind of talk a little bit more about what the truth is behind Pilates practice. I want to go over a little bit of the similarities and differences between Pilates and yoga because they often, uh, people often confuse them. And uh, I just want to clarify that while they're similar in some respects, there's a lot of key differences. And then I'm going to give you a little bit of uh, information just to give you uh, something to think about if you're considering Pilates uh, for the first time and it's something that you want to start doing. There are some things to consider and think about. I like this quote from Joseph Pilates. I think it encompasses uh, a lot of a lot of what we do. Uh, it's Pilates is a complete consideration of body, mind, and spirit. I think that's just a really good quote to kind of sum everything up. So we're going to talk about the history of Pilates. We'll start with um, just learning about the man that developed the method and um, kind of go through what his history was about. Uh, He was born in 1883 in Germany, and he suffered from asthma and other ailments. And this kind of caused him to start to look at exercise and various exercise regimens to help him learn more about the body and how it works to improve his health. He became very inspired through his studies by the idea of balance in the body, mind, and spirit. And that came from the classical Greek philosophy. He developed his exercise system based on this concept. He really enjoyed boxing, gymnastics, skiing, diving, all sorts of exercise techniques. He really was open to learning as much as he could. Uh, He overcame the sickness that had affected him in his childhood. And when he was uh, recruited to go to England in 1912, he became a self-defense instructor for Scotland Yard. It was during that time uh, that World War I broke out and he became interned in England with other German and foreign prisoners. In there, he had helped many prisoners to exercise and rehabilitate from injury uh, by using what he had, bed springs. He would attach them to bed frames, and this became an inspiration for him uh, for his later designs. After the war ended, Pilates immigrated to the U.S., and he met his future wife, Clara, basically right on the voyage to New York City on the ship. Uh, they went to New York City and started working with dancers from the New York City Ballet. In 1926, they opened the body conditioning gym. He utilized a lot of the apparatuses that he had uh, worked on with his former prisoners uh, during the World War um, internment. He designed the Cadillac, the Reformer, the ladder barrel, and the chair using that same concept with springs. He wrote a couple of books. Uh, In 1934, he wrote Your Health, and that includes some of his ideas and philosophies about health and fitness that uh, he had kind of encompassed throughout his practice. And then in 
1945, he wrote Return to Life Through Contrology, which is kind of the basis for his Pilates exercise uh, ideas. It uses balanced body and balanced mind, and that was what he learned from the Greeks. He incorporated it in every aspect of his life, and he really put those foundational principles into this book, even with some of the exercises that uh, we still practice today. Joseph Pilates died in 1967. Uh, he was 83 years old, but his practice was passed on through um, selected elders and uh, people who have taught the method and kind of passed it down uh, through uh, different generations of instructors. Uh, and it's developed into the practice that it is today. There's several principles that are incorporated in Pilates, so we're gonna review those next. And those are the foundations for movement, um, things that really encompass uh, all of the aspects of Pilates. There's six of them. We're gonna start on centering, and centering really focuses on your powerhouse, everything coming from your, your center, your middle. And the powerhouse is uh, from our first podcast, we reviewed those deeper muscles in your core, those transverse abdominis, your, your erector spinae muscles, the muscles that are really the uh, deep internal stabilizers. Um, those muscles have to fire in a proper pattern to increase the support of the spine and reduce low back pain. Uh, and it'll also lead to improved posture. Our second principle is control. And that muscle control comes from strength and stability from the challenge of the exercise. So when you increase your muscle control, you're refining the movement patterns and the connection between the brain and the muscles improves. That improved increased motor control will help the abs and low back become stronger and it'll help to prevent injury. Uh, and this is really important during functional movements such as lifting a child or getting groceries out of a car. The third principle is concentration. That's a connection between your mind and body. Uh, maintaining good form throughout your exercise and just increasing that overall body awareness uh, will, again, through practice, really help uh, increase the uh, effectiveness of the movement. Our fourth principle is precision, and that comes from that continued practice. When proper form, control, and concentration all come together and allow the muscles to fire correctly. People can use the body awareness that they've learned to really be able to effectively engage the muscles that they need to engage in the abs and low back when they're needed to protect the spine. Our fifth principle is breath. And Joe called breath the internal shower because it's the body's way of using breath to provide nutrients to the muscles. It helps in breathing to engage the abdominals. Um, and as well as using that breath for the awareness of the exercise itself, what we're using it for. Uh, for example, in a lot of Pilates exercises, the inhalation will facilitate lengthening or extension of the spine, and the exhalation will facilitate the flexing or contracting of the spine. And our last principle involves flow, and flow is the choreography or how the exercise moves. Uh, the transition from mo one motion to the next. And it should be very fluid. Um, it should really uh, work on that principle, that, that body awareness and control. Uh, it carries over to proper body mechanics that um, we use in our everyday life that reduce our risk of injury, and especially important in the lower back. Um, I wanted to review a couple things that I often hear. Um, I call them Pilates myths. Uh, a lot of things that people... 
um, when they think of Pilates, kind of a common misconception uh, that comes to mind. Uh, Pilates is only for women. It's popular with women, but men are also big fans of this challenging workout. Uh, professional athletes, for example, um, they have great benefits from Pilates because they strengthen those stabilizing muscles that they need a lot of times for those sport-specific movements. Uh, it reduces their chance of injury, which really is vital in their sport. Um, Joseph Pilates developed Pilates in a way to help condition dancers in the first place, and really um, both male and female. The benefits are really, really uh, unlimited with that. The second myth that I've encountered is that Pilates isn't a real workout. If you haven't tried it, uh, it is. <laughs> Pilates can be challenging both mentally and physically. Um, the, the deepest muscles in your body are being targeted. And really you have to connect your mind and body to do the exercises effectively. Um, a lot of people think that Pilates is just stretching, but it's only part of it. Your body weight uh, resistance, the springs on the machines are used to perform very controlled movements in a slow controlled manner. So really when we're doing our Pilates exercises, we don't do a lot of repetitions uh, of the exercise. What is really more meaningful is to do slow controlled movements very effectively with precision. Another myth that I hear is Pilates will give you six pack abs. Well, if you listen to my last podcast, uh, our six pack muscles are the rectus abdominis, which are, they're obviously the muscles that are kind of the ones that everybody wants. They're uh, superficial though. And really they don't play a huge role in stabilization. Um, so really the deeper muscles of the core are the targets, the transverse abdominis, the pelvic floor, the multifidus, your internal obliques and the diaphragm. And those are the foundational muscles that help to improve your alignment, stabilize your pelvis, and really give you that posture, which are really pivotal in protecting the back from injury. Another myth that I find is Pilates requires special equipment. Now, it does uh, if you're doing a, uh, a machine-based Pilates uh, practice, but really it can be done with minimal equipment. It isn't necessary that you have to have a reformer, a Cadillac, a chair, or a ladder barrel to do a workout. A mat workout can do a, a lot. You can provide a total body workout without any additional equipment. Uh, if you want to, you can use props like a Pilates circle, a resistance band, a ball, but they're not required. And oftentimes um, they're used to enhance the workout and provide some creative new options. And then the last myth that I have is Pilates requires flexibility. Many people think that they have to be flexible to do Pilates, but really it's not the case. The emphasis is really placed on the elongation of the muscles and really consistent practice. Uh, practice makes perfect in some respect. The body adapts and adjusts and becomes more flexible the more that you practice Pilates. It's really helpful and is used in rehabilitative settings, uh, especially by doctors, physical therapists, um, to do injury rehabilitation. Uh, it's really a, a great way to help people to get better. Uh, the Pilates reformer and the Cadillac and the, the equipment that has spring tension can be adjusted uh, to accommodate for injuries. Um, there's also modifications that can be utilized as well. So there's a lot of myths and a lot of misconceptions. Uh, so I wanted to take a, a few minutes just to clear that up. A couple of other things that I hear um, usually when I'm, I'm 
teaching somebody about Pilates or maybe just letting them know um, some information about it, it, there's often confusion between uh, Pilates and yoga. Um, and there, there's similarities and there's differences. So I wanted to kind of go over a couple things about Pilates and yoga and, and define a little bit more in detail, um, you know, what, what the similarities and differences are. Uh, both Pilates and yoga will improve strength, flexibility, and mobility of the muscles, especially in the hip and shoulder girdle. And that pr promotes uh, support in your fluid movements. Um, and they both have a mind-body connection. Um, yoga is kind of uh, originated, it's been around for about 3,000 years, and its, its origins exactly are unknown, but it has uh, kind of roots in the Eastern religions. So it's centered around the five beliefs of proper relaxation, exercise, breathing, diet, and meditation, positive thinking. Uh, mindfulness and deep breathing are really key features in yoga, and so are different uh, holding different poses, uh, various poses, and flowing through those different series of movements. Um, it's really a mind-body fitness, and that's that's very similar in respect to Pilates too. Um, there's a lot of benefits that have been uh, really studied extensively uh, for, especially for um, medical issues and mental benefits, uh, anxiety, depression, uh, posture and flexibility, balance, and decreased joint pain. And that's very similar in respect to Pilates. Uh, Pilates focuses more on the smaller movements that require the stabilizing muscles of the back and core. There's a strong emphasis on starting each exercise with controlled breath that it will initiate contraction of your core muscles. So the breathing pattern is different. Uh, Pilates can be done on a mat or specialized equipment. And um, the equipment itself is uh, unique because it uses springs. Uh, levers and kind of the uh, your body weight itself to um, provide resistance. So really there is um, the breathing patterns in yoga involve more of the inhalation uh, through the nose and exhalation through the nose um, and breathing into the belly. So that's a little different than Pilates. Pilates you're breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth. It's called lateral breathing which facilitates movement. Um, so it's really just um, what is the function of what you're doing. So another thing that um, yoga has a little bit different than Pilates, they focus on a little bit more of standing poses uh, and more holding of the poses, where Pilates is more movement-based and more flowing in, in those movements. So um, they're both effective and really good practices. Uh, but there, there's just a, a couple different uh, differences between them. So uh, the, the mindfulness, the uh, body awareness, uh, the, they're all great benefits that you can get from either practice. Um, one of the things to consider if you are cons uh, considering starting doing a Pilates uh, practice, whether it be in, in a one-on-one -on -one setting, in a small group class, um, you definitely want to make sure that you are thinking about uh, certain things. Pilates can be tailored to a variety of fitness goals, ages, and abilities. Um, so it's, it's a really great thing for people of all ages. Um, many physicians and physical therapists recommend Pilates as an alternative for people recovering from injury like we discussed before. It improves core stability and reduces the risk of further injury. 
it can really bridge people back to normal activity. So really anybody can benefit from it. Um, for women who are pregnant or postpartum, Pilates is a great way to strengthen the pelvic floor and work on that core strength in a way that's modifiable in the later stages of pregnancy. But really important, I gotta emphasize, is working with an experienced instructor, somebody that has had the experience working with all different groups, all different levels, uh, with people that have had injuries, um, you really want to find uh, somebody that can teach the fundamentals and watch your form. Uh, mat classes can be very challenging in the beginning because you're working with your own body weight against gravity. So again, if you're starting a class, uh, make sure that the instructor knows that this is a new uh, experience for you. And maybe if you have certain injuries uh, or areas of concern as well, let the, the instructor know that so that they can keep an eye on you and give you that good uh, advice to modify. A, a good instructor should be able to do that um, for you. Uh, on your individual one-on-one -on -one setting, again, uh, talk to your instructor and really make sure that they know how to uh, assess you and um, find the best exercises that are gonna work for you. It's important to look for an instructor who has credentials, uh, who've been in a program for um, quite an extensive amount of training, um, and the instructor should be able to meet your goals like I said, by meeting you where you're at, kind of finding out what your needs are, and then being able to uh, provide either modifications or uh, maybe challenges if you are uh, progressing along in your practice. So those are just a few things that uh, we covered today. I just wanted to recap. Uh, we did a review on the history of Pilates and learned about Joseph Pilates and his principles. Uh, we talked about the centering concentration, control, precision, breath, and flow, which make up the cornerstone of the foundation of Pilates. They all work together to provide that basis for movement. We looked at um, some myths, some common myths that we debunked about Pilates and learned that uh, there's a lot of really great things that uh, Pilates can offer. We talked about the differences between Pilates and yoga and how each practice has its own uh, great things to offer. Uh, finally, we reviewed what to consider when starting Pilates or starting Pilates practice. I think this quote from Joseph Pilates really kind of sums up um, what we've done today and kind of what we talked about. Change happens through movement and movement heals. Thanks for joining me today. Make sure to follow or subscribe on your favorite platform and visit my website, www.core-fit.com. That's core with a K. I also have a great YouTube channel. It's called Core Fitness AZ. And it gives you many, many videos, just very short videos that will provide you with just a small snippet of some exercises that you can try. A lot of mat exercises, some mobility work, um, some work on uh, stretching. So make sure to subscribe to my channel on YouTube. Thanks for joining me today. I look forward to seeing you next time with my next episode.